Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Linda Syvertson is the author of Beautiful Writers, A Journey of Big Dreams and Messy Manuscripts with Tricks of the Trade from Bestselling Authors. She has clips in these books from some of the most successful authors of our times, including Elizabeth Gilbert, Dean Kuntz, Terry McMillan, Cheryl Strayed, Stephen Pressfield, Jenny Lawson, Deepak Chopra, Martha Beck, and more. She hosts Book Mama and the Beautiful Writers Podcast. She is the co-creator of the Beautiful Writers Podcast and hosts it. She loves sharing her story of the many hilarious, outrageous, and practical things she did to launch her best-selling writing career. Linda's titles have won awards and hit all the lists as an author, co-author, and famous magazine editor and ghostwriter. But her driving force has been to publish sustainably. Naive and optimistic enough to believe in magic, she's on a mission to save forests via her role as a forest stewardship council ambassador 
when she's not fostering literary love matches on her beautiful writers podcast, which by the way, I was on with Sylvia Vasquez, which was so much fun. She can be found midwifing books at her Carmel or virtual writing retreats. She can be found on the back of a horse, running with her dogs, or on her ranch in Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for coming on Moms and No Time to Read Books to discuss your book, Beautiful Writers, A Journey of Big Dreams and Messy Manuscripts with Tricks of the Trade from Best-Selling Authors. Thank you, Beth. It's so good to be here. I adore you. I loved bookends. You know how much I love bookends, so... Well, I had the best time on your podcast with Sylvia. That was so much fun. And oh my gosh, one of like a true highlight, honestly. It was so special. So anyway. For me too. For me too. I love that episode so much. Okay. Tell everybody about your book. When did you write it? Why did you write it? You know, there are so many reasons why I think people write books. I'm on a mission. You know, I've got all sorts of things, charitable things, all sorts of, but the gist of it, Zibby, really like when I just go to the core of it, I feel like my life has been so dramatic and so up and down and so hard in so many ways and yet incredibly magical. And when I remember that I'm magical, life flows so much better. And so I've been sort of on a mission for my career to remind people of their magic. And I think books, as you and I've discussed, are the best way in the world to be reminded of that. And so I just can't wait to get to the page every day. I just love to write and I love to share stories that remind us of our potential and the beauty in the world. I love it. Well, you did such a wonderful job of weaving in your own story with all of this advice. I like how you even laid it out. I mean, you have so much. You could have like put it in the body of the story, right? right? That must've been a huge decision. But instead you do like blocks of quotes from literally every author under the sun. Many of whom I've had on my podcast. It was like nice to see all of these people again, uh, but so many who I haven't. You have Saba Tahir who just won the national... Book award and um, you I was were there, actually, right? I was you there. Were there. She was literally Dude. at the table next door sobbing. <sighs> I was sobbing. Everybody at my table was crying. It was I was crying emotions. at home. Oh my god! I know I was crying at home. She and I have become friends. I love podcasting because you get to know people, and then they become your buddies, and you care about them. You love their work, and I was sobbing too. I mean, that book, All My Rage, yeah. was just beyond. Mm. Maybe talk a little bit about when you thought about sharing your story and including the writers, how you decided yeah. to structure it this way, how you decided yeah. which authors to bring in. And then I want to, and then I want you to share your own story with listeners. Cause it's so interesting. Well, so hard to figure out <laughs> format. And I mean, I felt like I was drowning, carrying this book, like I bought in a body bag, just around my ankles for years, just dragging her around. Dragging. I could never, ever stop thinking about her. She started out as a divorce memoir because when my husband of 19 years bailed, I was so devastated that I couldn't hold information in my mind. And I have all these self-help buddies, right? Leaders in the field because I've been a self-help author and ghostwriter forever. And they would call me and they would give me the world's best advice. And five minutes later, it was out of my brain. So I started just recording, writing down everything everybody told me. And then I thought, wow, a lot of people in my position, like probably a million people a year going through divorce, don't have self-help people on speed dial. And I thought, I wonder if what I'm going through could be valuable. So I wrote a divorce memoir and my agent and I went to New York. She was there. I met her there and we met with publishers and everybody was like, 
uh, you have all these struggling writing stories and they're funny as hell, but why are they in the divorce memoir? And I'm like, well, because I'm trying to show how hard it is being married when you're two creatives and you're like clawing your way to the middle. And so some of the publishers were like, oh, why don't you give us all of that in one book? And then others were like, oh, your husband's so bad boy cute. Can we look at him online? I'm like, no. So it was so crazy making Zibby. I was so frustrated. And so I put the memoir away, gave it back to the muse, to God, whatever. I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I've been so obsessed with this story for so long. F it. You take it. I am just going to go put my feet in the grass. I'm going to drink tea and I'm going to watch clouds. And so that's what I did for like six months. And I swear to God, I was the happiest person I've ever been. And, you know, everyone got me back. My best friend was like, you're so much more present. And my son was like, mom, where have you been? So it was really, really nice. And then one day I was reading Cheryl Strayed's Tiny Beautiful Things. I was in bed. I'll never forget. It was 4 a.m. And I saw, I was like, oh, if I thread the wisdom from these best-selling authors who I idolize from my podcast, if I thread in their wisdom when I'm telling the arc of my story, so like when I'm struggling to get an agent, well, how did Ann Patchett get an agent? Or how did Danny Shapiro get an agent? She has one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. She did like everything wrong and got the biggest agent in the world. And it was like, oh, if I thread their little crazy making face plants amongst my face plants. And if I, if I thread in their wisdom amongst my face plants, like maybe that could be really entertaining. And so I started just plotting it out and putting it together and I fell in love with her. And I think that's just the key for anybody writing you guys. We know when something's not right. Like I knew with the memoir right before I got on the plane, I read the whole thing the night before and I went, "Uh oh, like I don't love her. I loved pieces of it but I didn't love the whole thing. And uh, I called Martha back and I, cause she had read it and she loved it. I was like, Martha, I don't, it's not ready. It's not ready. She goes, don't go, don't go to the meetings. I was like, what do you mean? Don't go. She goes, they won't get you. You're too woo woo. Like, don't do it. And um, anyway, it was so nice to see that she had a destiny after all, it was just a different format. And I had to be patient. Sometimes books are squirrely mother effers. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you had the same thing with bookends, right? It was iteration after iteration over same, same timeline, like 15 years, right? 10, 15 I mean, years. Basically every chapter of yours that I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, me too. Oh my gosh. Me too. <laughs> me too. I, I did the same thing with bookends. I was like, we are soul sisters. Yeah. <laughs> Separated. Well, talk about your jobs and the dog sitting and like all the things starting out. Um, I actually was referred, I was, why did I, I was even talking about this, but I was like, no, I know the person who was dog sitting. Oh, somebody else is writing a memoir about um, writing a novel about like a dog sitter. And I was like, no, 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 you have to read this because anyway. I know. (laughs) I think over the years I've seen novels nonfiction books, movies about dog walkers and dog sitters. And I think um, it is just a really cool, weird career. I mean, I remember when Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts broke up. I've never told this story anywhere, but they broke up and Kiefer, and it was like Entertainment Tonight and all those tabloid news shows were covering it every night. Like it was like the Menendez murders. I mean, it was such a big deal. And, um, and I took care of Jack and Dave, who were their border collies. So so I would go into the house. Julia's no longer there. I'm there, you know, Keith first on set 
And I'm there and I'm like so tempted to open their drawers and their cabinet. Like I want to, and cause you know, I'd walk in, there'd be piles of pictures and I'm like so tempted to look at that stuff. Like you can't do that. Right. That's so unethical. But I think that's why there's so many people write about it because it really, you're, you're living a reality show. You're I was watching Kiefer Sutherland. I was watching Kirk Douglas. I was watching like these huge icons have really dramatic personal lives that you don't see on TV. And sometimes they cry to you. They're in their bathrobes. You're coming to get Fido and take Fido out for a walk. And these people are like bearing their soul to you. And you're like, huh, this is kind of creative. So anyway, um, I loved being a dog walker. I never thought I was going to do anything else. I always wanted to be a writer as a kid. Never thought I was smart enough. I was like the jock fun girl. I didn't party. I wasn't a partier, but I have high natural serotonin. And I apologize to anyone who doesn't because the few times I've been depressed in my life, it sucks. And I just have always been kind of high on life. And so I was an athlete, not a student. I thought I would come home and study. I would study like ancient Egypt and astrology and all the stuff in my parents' library. That's the stuff I would study. And uh, so I was in the bottom third of my cl- my graduating class in high school. Like you're, that's where yours and my story are like, right. Okay, fine. College. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know, if I got to class on time and if I paid attention, I did okay. Especially in, in the environmental stuff, environmental engineering, I got an A community psychology. I got an A the rest, who knows? But, um, so when I had a dream that told me that I was supposed to write all these books and gave me titles and format and basically I just took dictation for six months. I was fired up because I was like, damn, hot damn. I guess I can do it. I mean, I still had to fight those internal, you know, bullies. And I love those stories. But um, but yeah, I was determined. And you literally had six books come to you in a dream. Yeah. And the crazy part is, as you know, from the storyline of, of Beautiful Writers, as I'm like struggling to get the first one done, which I thought, oh, it'll be on Oprah in six months. I, like every other newbie, is like super grandiose and not at all realistic. All these other titles, I keep seeing other people release them. So I had like this really panicky urgency because I was so invested in the first one. And I thought, well, is somebody going to get her too? So then what did you do? You know what? I was was so driven by my mission. My mission Mm -hmm. was I had this grandiose belief as a little kid Um, My mom was a tree-hugging environmentalist. She worked at Stanford. She was telling me about global warming when I was five. And and I'm old now, so people, I don't think it's fake. Um, So so I was on this mission as a little kid. I was like, I'm going to help save trees. I'm going to be like a, I'm going to be a tree hugger who doesn't kill trees if I ever become a writer. And boy, that one's hard to figure out. Like, wow, the thing you love the most in the world kills the thing you love most in the world. Mm. And so now, you know, the, my last book, Generation Green, was on recycled paper. And then this one is on Forest Stewardship Council paper. So that just makes my soul so happy. So because I was driven by a bigger mission, and this is, an, I think, the overarching lesson, too, about the book. Whatever your mission is, you know, like you're so connected to kids and you have so many great charitable things that you do. Whatever your mission is, find a way to be, to connect it to your creativity. And then all the naysayers, all the rejection, all the BS that happens, because guess what? It happens for all of us. You just go, yeah, whatever. It's like a titsy fly. You don't even, it just bounces off you. 
And you're willing then to do the work. You're willing to like study and become a beautiful writer when you're not initially, when your grammar is all effed up. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, there was so much, you were so hard on yourself, honestly, in this book. And like, I feel like you you continue to think like, this is so unlikely just because of school, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. and you were just yeah. so down on yourself for so long and, and yet yeah. it didn't matter. Like ultimately you just rose above, but I wanted to be like, stop, <laughs> like, what are you just stop? You're being so mean to yourself. But anyway. That's so funny. Um, I thought I was really nice to myself. That's an interesting, I'll, I'll go back and look at it and go, hmm, I wonder what Zibby saw. Because I, I really know, felt like, like I was blindly walking in like so grandiose to situations that where I just, but I, but I do think you're right. I definitely am self-deprecating. That's for sure. Yes. Sure. Can we now fast forward? So talk about the book that you, your first book, Truly Truly Charmed. Did I get that? Did I say Life's right? Charm. Life's Charm. Life's Charm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Talk about that, what that experience was like and then I want to end up at your divorce. <laughs> so fun. You know, the first book that came to me in the dream. So when they all landed, I was in the bottom of my closet scribbling with a flashlight, didn't want to wake up the family who was right out there. And I loved her initially because I got to interview people that I was already connected to through my dog walking business. So the first person I interviewed was Paul Williams, who had won an Academy Award for A Star is Born for Evergreen with Barbara Streisand. And we were living at his house just before that. My son was actually born in his guest bedroom. Long story. But I I went to Paul and I said, I've had this dream and I'm supposed to interview all these luminaries about how they succeeded spiritually, mentally, environmentally. And uh, I said, can I interview you? He's like, sure. And, And I, like you, as soon as I turned on that microphone, my whole world changed. Because I realized that we don't ask our friends and loved ones often the really, really important questions. And suddenly this sparkling world opened up for me. I had lived at, my husband and I had lived at Paul's house for two years. And I thought I knew everything about him. We, he and I cried on the carpeted stairs for hours about past loves and all sorts of craziness. And um, we were living there because he had just gotten over a drug and alcohol problem and had gone to rehab. So we were taking care of everything while he, his estate while he was gone. And then when he came back, he was like, oh, guys, can you stay? We're like, sure. So at any rate, it just taught me 
that that you got to ask the real questions and get deep with people. And they, everybody has a magical story. Everybody has so much to share. And uh, it just totally changed my life. Amazing. Can anybody be a writer? What do you think? Like anybody who wants to write a book, can they write so, a book? So, you know, I give these writing retreats in Carmel and people will call me and they'll say, you know, I don't know that I'm very good. And I'd say, I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> I said, if you're passionate, if you have a vision, we'll find you a ghostwriter. We'll find you an editor. Like everybody needs help, myself included. I'm too close to my own stories. I have a mentor that I worship and she gives me the world's best advice. So everybody needs help. So it doesn't matter if you can't, if you can't write a sentence, as long as you've got the passion, you've got the idea. Yes, you can learn to get way better, way better and fast if you're committed. And if you need help, it's everywhere. I mean, something like 50 to 75% of books are ghostwritten. I shouldn't say that, but that can't be true. I'm an ex-ghostwriter. Some people say the stats are higher. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And there's only, the last time I checked, there were only like 5,000 professional ghostwriters. It's why I quit because you get, you end up getting so busy, you can't breathe. I was a ghostwriter too, but I told you this. You are. I know. Because we're separate. Another thing. I know. Another thing. I know. I know so much. Okay. So anybody can write a book. They all they have to do is take your class, <laughs> have a little <laughs> confidence. <laughs> I love um, helping people, but there's a lot of ways to, to write a book. Google it. Just start. So what is, what is the biggest thing that gets in people's way? Oh gosh, fear. Fear that they're not good enough. And, and you know, I have this, this motto that I live by. And that is, if you have the ache, you have what it takes. So I don't care if you're afraid. I'm afraid. Everybody's afraid. I hate doing these interviews at first. Like not once we're on air. I love this. But getting me here, hate it. I mean, I have all sorts of fear. But it doesn't matter because we're all terrified. Every single one of us. I mean, in the book, when I was interviewing people, it was shocking to me. Cheryl Strayed, Nia Vardalos, everybody's scared. Salva, everybody is scared. And um, so you just get beyond that and you just put your ass in the chair. Amazing. Let's go to the divorce piece of your life and what you had in the divorce memoir that did not make it into this book. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well, actually, so you're going to be in book two. Book two is, so this book is idea, actually prior to idea, because it's like schooling to, to school or not to school or making a living before it pays to write. And then idea to publication. So that's the scope of book one. Book two, which I'm about halfway through. I don't know when I'll release her because I like having a balanced life for a change. But book two is everything that follows publication, which is a humongous arc, right? That's like networking and PR and book two and teaching and all the things. So you're in that book because now when I interview people now, I ask questions that really pertain to that. And of course, things like time management and fear and stuff will always be um, in the mix. But so the divorce is the second half. Yeah. So what can I tell you that isn't in this book? It gets more dramatic. So book one, this book ends with me publishing that book that you see me struggling, my first book as a nobody in living in the woods in Nowheresville to, to, to achieve. Book two, it's just come out. Lisa Gibbons does a whole talk show on the book. It's like a big deal. 
CNN's running things, but I'm working at Trader Joe's. I'm scrubbing toilets. So like I'm coming out with my, you know, a uh, toilet cleaner and a guy at, at Trader Joe's goes, didn't I just see you on CNN yesterday? And I'm like, yeah. So that's how book two starts. And um, it just gets a lot more dramatic and it's still fantastically fun. I love writing this stuff. I love the chaos. <laughs> it's like drama. As I said to somebody the other day, drama is um, not great for real life, but it's wonderful for stories. <laughs> and is this where you write at your desk here? This beautiful yeah. background? Yeah. And- yeah. I write everywhere. I, I could write in a barn. I can write outside. So I definitely move. I'm like Mary Carr. She she talks about this cute thing in the book about how she just takes her computer like 14 hours in a day and just like plops down all over the place. And that's me. I'm always plopping down. <laughs> but this is my this is my center, my hub. Do you read all the books by the authors who you interview? And if so, a hundred percent. And that's why. That's why y'all, you and I have also a very different, I only do one show a month, if that, like, you know, since um, I was on book deadline, I only did a couple a year. Uh, So I was doing them every month for five years, six years. And I produce, you know, they take me 50 hours to produce. Like it's a lot. Oh my gosh. Because I count that as reading time. I read them. I read sometimes all their stuff. I I watch everything I can. So by by the time we're sitting together, I feel like I'm Nicole Kidman in the hours. And I've just spent, you know, 72,000 years getting into the headspace of you, Zibby. I'm playing you as an actress. So when I interviewed you, I had spent... 40 hours on you. Oh my gosh. No, I'm obsessive. And that's how I edit books too. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's not horrible. It's amazing. (laughs) No, it's wonderful. That's probably why it was like my favorite podcast ever. So. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. That means a lot. Uh Oh, okay. So what are you reading now? What are you loving? What are you reading not to prep, but just for fun? Okay. So growing joy. So sweet. It's about plants and and how they help you evolve. I have three books on my bedside. Actually, this is one. I didn't think I was going to want to get into this one. Nicholas Sparks Streetland. I'm hooked. I'm halfway in. I'm hooked. Those are the only two I can remember right now, although I have a stack by my bed. An absolute stack. Always. (laughs) Just like you. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. The hardest part of my job is that it's probably the same with you, I'm guessing, is that I can't read all the things I want to read. Yeah, not enough time. <sighs> so tell me about your crazy busy life when you're not writing and podcasting and prepping. Oh, okay, okay. So listen to this. So I knew that you and I were going to be speaking at 8 a.m. my time. I'm in, I'm in Scottsdale. So I woke up at five because my husband has been on a horse trip. So I knew he was rolling in around six with the horse, with a couple of the horses. And I wanted to be like, hi, and connect with my husband. I haven't seen him in a week and I'm super excited. So I got up at five. Well, instead of showering and getting ready to see my husband and maybe prepping for you and all that, I had to go to the online auction for wild horse, saving wild horses here in Arizona had to bid on that, had to call London and try to get money to save these four, 14 mares and babies, hashtag Alpine wild horses, everybody, that are being rounded up here in Arizona. And some of them are going to kill buyers for meat in Mexico, which is really lovely. And this is a herd of wild horses I've watched for 
a couple of years. I mean, out in the wild, in the most gorgeous place you can imagine. So it is catastrophic. So that is what I spend most of my time on is saving wild horses from slaughter. And then, you know, I'll do another podcast today. And then I have three clients that I'm taking to agents. So I'm getting their stuff prepped and ready. And I have family coming in um, tonight. So, you know, it's all the fixings for Thanksgiving. So it's a mad, crazy life. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I just painted the garage for my husband to surprise him for his birthday. (laughs) It's so sweet. I'm going to be in Scottsdale, by the way, in May, May 8th to 10th, I think, for the Mom 2.0 conference. You should totally be a part of that. Okay. Whatever I'm in, sign me up. I don't know about it, but I'm there. And if you, want to come you. Ride, if you want to come ride, we'll go out in the forest across the street and just be wranglers. wranglers. I mean, no thanks, but I would love to see you anyway. <laughs> Maybe not, not wrangling. <laughs> no, no, I, no, not sorry. wrangling. <laughs> no, I used to, I rode for a little bit when I was a girl, but then I got so allergic to horses and hay oh, and, and you know dust what? and everything related that I, I would just like sneeze the whole time, but I was too. And I found a lady in Los Angeles and in one session, she cured my horse allergy. I'll talk about that later. Yeah. We should put that in the show notes. (laughs) Yes. Seriously. I need, uh, it was magical. I'm also allergic to my dog, but anyway, I don't let that stop me. I hear okay, Linda, thank you. This book is so helpful. It's so wonderful. Hearing even about, I know we always talk about, oh, authors get rejected, but like the stories here were so concrete and just sort of career affirming, life affirming. I don't know. And all the different parts of the business that the authors talk about and you talk about and all the motivation that you weave in so nicely. And it's a really fantastic package. So beautiful wow. writers. Love it. Thank you, Zibby. I adore you. I adore everything you're up to. I'm so happy to be in your orbit. Thank you. You too. All right. Have a great day. Okay. Have fun with your husband. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.